Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of Biomast. This is uh, Biomast Crew. Part of us are coming in from Iceland, halfway across the world here, but uh, we're glad you could join us. Um, so yeah, we got some good stuff to talk about, definitely. So let's get started with some introductions, starting at the top of the list with Sarizel. I am Sarizel, and yesterday included the most nerve-wracking moment of my life. Oh, there's a story. What's the story? I had to give a best man speech. Oh. It, I, I, I was shaking. I, it was, it was really hard for me to get through that, and, and it was the first time that a glass of wine has been outright useful. Oh, those are like those are like bow wrecking right there. I can imagine best, best woman here. So, anyway. oh, you've done it too. Jeez. Well, did it, did it go well at least? It did. It did. Oh, and, good. and good. I just, I just got off the plane, uh, less like an hour ago, and, and got here as as quick as i could so well it's not a problem it's uh it's actually not that bad of a time here in iceland it's 12 30 so it's still past midnight but we've been up late because the days are crazy here anyways so um yeah all right bait you're up man hey what's up everybody my name is bait and uh unlike Zell, i was actually at home and ready to do the podcast just not where i was supposed to be it's just like oh that's what we're doing that thing shit okay come yeah. on give me a second <laughs> yep that's exactly how it went down cool cool all right livy you're up uh hello uh livy i know it's been a while uh usually my computer is being commandeered by pokey uh but i am here in iceland along with pokey for efanfest so um that was exciting i'm glad to be here it's good to have you. Um, and, and like I said, we, we have been here for eFanFest. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. There's a few things we want to cover first, but uh, some good news for that. So I am Pokey Draven. I obviously help the show here. I write for the Biomass blog. Livy and I do the Dungeon Crawl series on YouTube together. And we are the on-the-scene reporters now for uh, Project Nova here in Iceland, which, which has, has the weirdest uh, day-night cycle, as I'm discovering, because in the last like month, the days have gotten six minutes longer every single day. So it's like a 15-and-a-half-hour long day right now, and it completely throws off your internal clock. Like, screw jet lag. Like The fact that it's bright at like 9.30 at night has completely been throwing us off. So um, we've had fun with that one. But we have been here for eFanFest, uh, primarily for uh, Project Nova news. And like I said, we'll get to that in a moment. Um, but there are a few things we want to cover first. So let's get started. So starting at the top of the list, we've got uh, some trailers for various movies we've kind of been following. So I think it's actually been like a week. We kind of missed it last week. But the uh, Han Solo movie, Solo, got its kind of final trailer release. So what did you guys think of that one? It, it, it's promising we just like there's so many ways this could go horribly horribly wrong yeah i'm kind of in the same boat on that one it's like uh well i mean the trailer looks cool but you know trailers always always look cool um at least there's, there's so many ways this could go wrong and I, I just i don't know you've got such a very iconic character we've been with for six movies now and they're gonna try to have a different actor do it i, I don't know if that's gonna work out so well i yeah, i think you go ahead no, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say with that, if you, in some parts, if you close your eyes, especially with the, some of the jokes that he makes and jabs with um, Chewie, sometimes you feel that Harrison Ford, oh, sorry, Harrison Ford vibe. Um, I was going to say they kept the tone alike with uh, a lot of the classic movies, but, you know, with the trailers, like you said, they're always glossy and get you in, but it, it's really a, a toss up of whether the audience is really going to like it or not. I think Donald Glover's going to win this movie. Oh, yeah. I just, I, he's, yeah. it, 
it it's it's entirely if this movie is a good movie it will probably because be because donald glover was awesome in it and the rest of the movie was okay <laughs> yeah i like that, that part when he's like they're like is everything you uh i've heard about you true and he's like hey everything you've heard about me is true all the good and all the bad like whatever rumor there is yeah yeah absolutely that was pretty good i think i think he will do extremely well um and he's a bit of a safer character, I think, because you don't see him nearly as much. And his personality isn't as, like, fixed and iconic as Han Solo. So I think there's a lot of room, like you said, for really, really good acting there. I'm going to go ahead and say, now this movie is going to be absolutely fantastic. We that, is a, that is a bold statement. Watch and me be right, too. You, I, I, wanna, I hope you let, are. <laughs> let me remind you, Bate, you've been right once. We, we, we titled an episode after it. I don't even remember <laughs> what I was right about. <laughs> Neither do I. I Maybe you should go back episode. and listen to that episode. It's called uh, Bate Was Right. Go back once. and look at that archive. No, no I think it's also a generational thing, too. I mean, there's a lot of younger ones. I'll include myself who's not a diehard Star Wars fan, so as far as anything ruining it for us, it may not be there. Um, so a lot of the young ones, especially the new Disney generation, isn't going to go, oh my god, it's not a class, it's terrible. There's going to be a, you know, a line of demarcation where people don't like it and then people absolutely love it, I think. Yeah, I'll be curious to see the reception on this one. I think that my, my reluctance to be hopeful is probably due to a lot of the issues that came out of uh, The Last Jedi and just that being riddled with a lot of problems. I'm kind of like, eh. I know it's a different director and it's fine, but it's just, I think I'm just a little spooked with Star Wars right now. But, you know, we'll we'll see how it goes. I I, I, I honestly do hope that you are correct and that it's a fantastic movie because, you know, it, it has a lot of potential to be a really good one. But like Zell said, there's a lot of points that could fail and it could all fall apart very quickly. So we'll have to see how that one does. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Let me pull up the, the release date on this one here. Uh, May- I think it was May 25th. 25th, 29th, May 25th. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fiddling around with this tablet I'm not used to, so you have to forgive me for being a little clumsy with what I'm doing here. Um, but yeah, that, that's actually coming out pretty soon here, so that should be good. Okay, so moving along, uh, another one that Zell I know is personally very excited for is, of course, The Incredibles Two. Uh, Pixar flick has been a really long time since the first one, so this has been a very hotly anticipated sequel that we're finally getting. So it it it, it should be. At the very least, do well commercially. People are going to go see this. But as far as the trailer, what do you guys think? I know we've kind of broken down some of the teasers that they've had before, but we got a little bit more of an insight into kind of what's going on in the world and, you know, how this corporation is trying to kind of improve the vision of superheroes, which were previously outlawed. And they're using Elastigirl as kind of the, the centerpiece for this, whereas Mr. Incredible was, you know, that was kind of his role back in the day. So he's now the stay-at-home dad and dealing with all of that and probably feeling a bit jealous about how his wife is excelling well beyond, you know, what, what he is currently right now. So as far as the trailer goes, what did you guys think of this one, uh, Zell? I am st- I am still, like, full throttle excited about this movie. Um, uh, that one of the... One of the- gags that i'm hoping they go a little further on is at the end of the trailer um there's been suggestions that they should actually like show uh frozone's wife in this movie and they you know it, it that would be kind of funny because she, she you don't see her in the last movie but she leaves <laughs> she leaves a mark um but yeah it, it, i'm 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 really excited yeah i believe it's gonna be great this one i will i will put down mm-hmm. is yeah, gonna be sure. great yep for sure. No, I, I agree. I, I'm not worried about this at all. I think they'll probably hit it well on the head. It's like they're 
they weren't going to do this until they were damn ready to do it. So they're going to take their time and make sure it's done correctly. So I'm with you. I think it's going to do extremely well. I think it's going to be a very good film and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Okay. So moving along from that. Uh, so real quick, a couple little things. So destiny two, I know we don't really report on that much anymore, but I wanted to bring this up since I foolishly purchased the season pass against my better judgment, um, for the first two expansions of the game. So I technically own the next expansion that's going to be coming out. Uh, it's called Warmind. There is a trailer coming out for it on April 24th. So that's pretty quick here. And the game is being released sometime in May. Oh no, did you call me to get into the pass too? I, th- I think you're the one that actually said we're doing the season pass and I went fine, whatever. I think that was it. It was like, eh, fine, well, I'll see how it goes. After Curse of Osiris, I'm not holding my breath for much but you know it's like well I'll, I'll at least plug it in and try i mean like the the moment-to-moment gameplay is decent it's probably worth going through whatever meager campaign it has attached to it but in terms of staying power and something i'm going to keep coming back to day after day probably not going to happen there's a bunch of other stuff that's coming out that i'm much more interested in and this is, will probably be a just one and done move on past it and then you know wait to see if they're big you know, uh, taking King style expansion actually rectifies the problems they're having, but who the hell knows? Well, I mean, the good thing is that we will get the expansion about five hours or three. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it'll be it'll be quick. <laughs> so, it, you know, like I said, I I wouldn't after Curse of Osiris, I probably would not have purchased this one, but I I already have it technically, so I I'll give it a shot. You know, I'm not just gonna ignore it because it's it's. It's got issues, but I'll, I'll I'll give it a go since I already own it, and we'll let you all know how it is. But uh, like I said before, when I, I last talked about Destiny, I'm I'm not particularly interested in doing a lot of reporting on this anymore, just because it's not terribly exciting. But we will let you know it comes out in May. So I got a question for you guys: Did any of you play the game Mist back in the game back in the day? It was kind of a point and click adventure with lots of puzzles and stuff. I think I tried it once, and I didn't make it very far. It was, was a long time ago. It was a, like it was so long. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, I can't even remember what the point of it probably was. Well, to put it in perspective, the 25th anniversary is, I think, either this year or in the coming year. Uh, so it is 25 years old. The first game. So I would have so been old. Five. I would have been five. Great, when it came so out. old. Thanks for dating me and aging me so terribly. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I, I turned 30 recently. So this, this, this game came out when I was five. So when I even got to it as a kid, probably when I was like eight or nine, when I was first starting to play computer games, um, I was completely lost. Um, I actually picked up the real mist game, uh, probably about a year ago. Uh, and so for those of you not familiar, basically it is a, a very old series of games, and I, I forget the exact years they came out, but the first Mist came out uh, about 25 years ago. And it was, at the time, like absurdly cool because it was all CGI, 3D rendered. Um, they had like placed like live actors, and it, it was all really meshed well together. I mean, if you look back at it now, it's like, you know, it looks like a, like a high school 3D graphics design project. Like, it's, it's, it's very dated. So... Don't go thinking that it's, you know, anything flashy, but at the time it was absolutely amazing. And so you'd kind of see stuff on screen, you'd have to kind of interact with objects. So you'd pick up the key and walk it over this part of the map and, and, and put it in there. And it was all like still screen edges. So you would have to like click to the side of the screen to turn and then you could click somewhere to walk over there. And it was all kind of a point and click, you know, you know how games were, you know, 25 years ago. It was like that. So um, 
I played that original version. I remember it was buggy as shit, so I wasn't able to like do parts of the game or stuff like that, and I was too young to figure it out. So I just kind of fooled around, and it wasn't very successful with it. But it was it was fun. I, I enjoyed kind of the the puzzle style of the game, and it was it was enjoyable. And so probably like I said about a year ago, um, there was a remake called Real Mist that came out, and it was it came out a while ago, but I, I bought it last year because it was on sale for like five bucks. And so Real Mist was the same game, but they had taken all of the 3D models and actually put like a, a like a, a modern camera in it. So you could actually pan and look around normally and move with like your WSD uh, keys and stuff like that. And uh, it, it, it's a little less jarring like that because you can actually walk around and that sort of thing. Um, that's actually a much better experience. I played that, I played that for quite a bit and got through a lot of it, and that was really fun. So this is actually the first in a series of games. So there was um, Mist. And then there was the Riven sequel of Mist, and there was Mist 3 Exile, Mist 4 Revelation, and Mist 5 End of Ages. And then there was this Uru series, and then there was Real Mist, of course. And so this has kind of been an ongoing chronicle over many, many years. Um, kind of the same style of game, where it's a, it's a puzzle game and you kind of have to figure it out. Like, Riven was in particularly kind of interesting because there was a lot more characters in it and they spoke a language and if you looked around the world you could actually find how you would translate english into this language so you could actually teach yourself the language to better understand and listen to people and you know read things that were written and, and if you figure the language out it's much easier to complete the game so it was that kind of level of you know you're really immersed in this you have to figure it out and find a way to escape you know wherever you're going so Really cool series. I haven't played Mist 3, 4, or 5, or Uru. I mean, that was, again, a long time ago, and I had, I had since moved on. But I really appreciated Mist and Riven a lot. So as part of the 25th anniversary um, celebration, they're trying to not remake or remaster any of the games, but basically bring them all into like a single client on Windows 10 so you can actually play them. Because a lot of these are like Windows 95, Windows 98, like they aren't actually compatible properly with Windows 10. So as a Kickstarter for the 25th anniversary, they're doing this um, Kickstarter to try to import these games to Windows 10. So uh, you can back as little as you want, but if you want to actually get the digital version of all the games, it's uh, $49 to get all all of them, which is actually a pretty good deal considering all the stuff you're getting. And like I said, they're, they're really, really good. Um, there are higher tiered ones where you can get, you know, physical stuff and that sort of thing. But I'm actually looking into picking this up because I, I, I really did like those games. And now that I'm older and actually am probably smart enough to actually understand what's going on, it would be really good to pick those up again and see if I can actually beat them properly. So um, if you're a fan of the Mysteries, this is a Kickstarter that you can support. Um, it's going on right now, and we will have a link in the description if you are interested in hopping on that. Uh, one last thing before we kind of move on to the Project Nova stuff. Uh, so God of War, this is the next in the series of the God of War franchise, but we've talked a bit about this and how it's much, much different than the previous games. And so it's finally hitting the critics, uh, you know, cycle, and the reviews are coming out, and this game is getting insane reviews. Like it has a 95 on Metacritic, which is absolutely absurd. Like all, all the scores I saw were like either nine or 10 or something close in between. I think one was like a 9.75 out of 10. Like the game is just absolutely killing it. So I, I don't know if some of that is just because of brand loyalty or popularity that happens sometimes where it's a God of War game. So it kind of gets a free point. Um, that may or may not be the case here, but uh, fact of the matter is the game is doing extremely well um this is one that Libby and i are actually considering to do for dungeon crawl 
and it's coming out, I think, April 20th. So this coming Friday. Um, so you can still pre-order, get pre-order bonuses. Um, and if you are doing digital, you can actually pre-download the game and then it will unlock, I think, late night on April 19th. You can get a little bit early sometimes just for how the time zones work out. But, you know, this is one to keep an eye on. I think it's it's one thing to take an extremely popular franchise and then change the formula drastically and still hit it, if not better than the previous game. So God of War is, is one you should keep an eye on. I think this is going to be really good. Um, and we might be giving it a playthrough and posting our our thoughts on our playthrough over on the Dungeon Crawl um, when it does come out. So stay tuned for that. Okay, so the big thing for this week is going to be, obviously, eFanFest. So eFanFest ran from April 12th to the 14th. Um, we came in a couple days before, and we stayed a couple days after just to kind of enjoy Iceland and, and do some some cool stuff here. But um, that was that was pretty cool, wouldn't you say, Lily, for our, our first time experience uh, with FanFest? Uh, yeah, I you know, me coming in, I haven't been to one at all. So uh, coming in was was interesting. Um, I enjoyed it. I'm not very well versed in the Eve world, but um, just getting to, to even learn what I did this weekend was, was great. So I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, and I think I was kind of in a similar boat where I've I have played Eve in the past, um, but I don't play it anymore. It's just too much of a time commitment for me. But I understand at least some of what's going on. But you know, in terms of all of the in depth, you know, this ship is getting this buff or this nerf. It was beyond what I was my understanding because I I have not played in years, so it was all irrelevant. So I mean, our primary purpose of being here was project nova um in the hopes that there would be some information on it and there was actually so um when they did the opening ceremony which is usually when they talk about kind of other party projects that they're working on project nova came up uh, hilmar got on stage and he decided to talk about it so the last time we heard about this was at e vegas last year where uh they basically said we're working on it um, we can't share anything at this time, but, you know, stay tuned. So it was, it was basically nothing, you know, um, just a confirmation that they're still working on it. So, you know, we kind of went, uh, all right, we'll see how it goes. This time, not so much. They actually kind of went into uh, a little bit of kind of the backstory of what's going on. They showed some images off. Um, it was really, really cool. So uh, I know that Bate was following it pretty closely. So, Bate, what were your thoughts about this presentation as it was going on? You know, I kind of had to chuckle. Um, Hilmar gets up on stage and he says, hey, guys, we're still working on Nova. Um, we're really excited to talk about it. Uh, we, we feel like we're in a place where we can talk about it. And then he doesn't say a damn thing about it. So that was kind of fun. Uh, but uh, I, I feel like a lot of the stuff and actually sat down with a couple of guys from the, the Dustbed server uh, Saturday and we, we kind of went. But I feel like a lot of what they wanted you to get, rather than explicitly saying it, CCP likes to do this, um, which is fine. I mean, it's a fine way of doing it. Um, was all in the background, if you will. So it was, uh, it was up to you to get what you wanted by looking and by picking apart what was uh, on the screen as far as the slides go. And there was a lot there that kind of gave us some some insight into where we're potentially coming from in this kind of awkward gap that we have between uh, the, the end of dust, I think they called it uh, this, this exile phase, when the end of dust and the, the release 
of Project Nova whenever that is. Yeah, I think that, the, like you said, he got up and he said, we're excited to talk about it. And he really didn't actually say much. Um, but no. the screens they showed were very dense with hidden information from what mm -hmm. I could tell. It yeah. was like there was a timeline, like you said, they, they, they literally break down mm -hmm. the in-world timeline of, you know, this is, you know, Templar one, this was dust, there was this exile period. And then there's this like rise of the war clone where they come back out of exile. And I think that you can actually gleam a lot from that. And I'm actually, I wasn't able to join you for your, your breakdown, your discussion on mm -hmm. with the guys from the discord, but I'm curious to kind of see um, what you guys thought. Can you kind of summarize what some of your thoughts and conclusions were with everything that was shown there? Yeah. So basically uh, as best we could gather, um, we're, we're going to be uh, the, the Sancher and Concord um, and, and this, this um, corporation called uh, Arkhambine are going to be involved somehow in the game, um, at least at launch. And the, the way I, the, I think the conclusion that we kind of came, came to amongst the four of us, that it was going to be uh, an event, if you will, at the start. Um, which would be fine for CCP um, to, to do that, to make that an event, um, to kind of set the set the um, the mood or the story, if you will, until they're ready to to produce um, more uh, to progress the story, I guess, if you will. Um, so Sancha, Arkhambine, Concord, uh, those are, are uh, the, the factions that have been named. Um, not explicitly, but you could pretty much tell based on the um, uh, the emblems on the uh, the newsletter sign-up page um, that that's what the uh, you'll a couple of people were like, oh, that doesn't look like Sancha, but uh, it's pretty damn close. Sancha or some uh, offshoot of Sancha. Um, so did that timeline? There wasn't really any, anything interesting on the timeline. Uh, it didn't look like. Uh, except for the fact that apparently nothing of importance happened uh, <laughs> while dust was uh, while dust was running. You know, a Kaldari Titan didn't fall to the ground of a planet. And they made a big event out of it. That didn't happen. Um, a couple of small things, you know, this is not important. Uh, it's just a thing on the PlayStation tried. <laughs> I, I think um, that's probably an complete timeline. Cause I'm guessing oh, yeah. a lot of stuff probably happened sometime in there and, and they maybe didn't flesh out, you know, everything that possibly could have happened in in dos because there was so many things that they they went over that it, it would be impossible to fit it all in there but yes but i mean even hitting the big highlights i think that they could have done because yeah, there's literally nothing here um for this thing and i feel like they kind of gave um they gave this exile period this 2016 to 2018 uh block of time you know, where literally nothing has happened um, for for the game as far as uh, events, except, uh, and I, this is this is really interesting. Um, they added in um, this player-made lore. Uh, is the the establishment the establishment of the Bosena Accords War Clone Refuge? And essentially, what it is is um, a couple of guys in the uh, from the the Dust Vets Discord in in Lore Nerds. Um, it's Night Guard Fury, uh, Galm, uh, oh fuck, what's his name? Whatever his name. And I think Thaddeus Reynolds uh, had a hand in that. They they went into Eve. They went into um, uh, where did they go? I think somewhere in Mold Heath. Uh, Tian Su, it's in Mimitar space, it's a piece of shit. Uh, um, they set up this war clone refuge, uh, 
and they they anchored a citadel and and they named it and whatnot and the ccp kind of looked at it and they said okay we don't like the name for this citadel so we're going to change it to avalon so that's what avalon is avalon is is that station uh so when you go back and you listen to hilmar talk about the clones going to avalon he's talking about that station that these players uh set up and established so i thought that was really cool um and that's like the only thing of note uh in that little exile i i think what's what's cool about this though from what i i gathered is that project nova is not just a reset we're gonna ignore what happened mm-hmm. it's very clearly like a continuation of this story that's been ongoing and it it reminds me a bit of um final fantasy 14 where they had their 1.0 version which was a complete train wreck train wreck a, com- a commercial disaster just it was a bad game and they they kind of patched it and tried to fix it up and then they said okay we're shutting the servers down we're gonna reboot the game as you know final fantasy 14 and realm reborn and it's gonna be all like pretty much from the ground up rebuilt the whole system and it's now been an extremely successful game beyond that but what they did is that when they shut the servers down they basically had this event called the calamity where this dragon bahamut is summoned and basically nukes the planet and so not everyone dies per se but it, it really screws stuff up and it kind of throws the world into this this chaos for a couple of years while you know things are offline right and then they come back and it's you know it, it's into the future in the game world and things have continued on and I, I i really get that same vibe from this where it's like something happened at the end of dust 514 we don't know what it is you know i imagine it's it's they, they talk about the age of the warlords and I'll, I'll go over what hilmar said in a bit here but the age of the warlords of molten heath are done and they're in exile now so something happened and then there was a time period and then whatever to kind of reboot what we were doing and then move into project nova so it's it's really cool to see that even though you know your your stuff is probably gone like you're probably not gonna be transferring you know isk and stuff over the fact that you played dust means you're still part of that ongoing story which yeah. i think is just absolutely cool like that's really badass no oh, yeah no most of you know we have to remember also that uh history is really written by the winners so I'm just speculating that if there is anything that tells us more about what actually happened in the gap that we can't see, it's it's because there's nobody really there to, to say what happened. You know what I mean? So it's like the gap could be intentional. Just like we know that how history is really written, even in the world, a lot of people don't really care about what the losers did during the time that they were doing stuff. So who knows, you know, what happened, but I mean, it could be intentional, not just, you know, laziness as though we're disregarding that whole time that that was going on, you know, was my take of that gap that we, it's awkward, but, you know, it could be on purpose. Yeah, I guess. And, and I mean, so, uh, Lord nerds, get on it, guys, write a story. <laughs> um, well, and, and on that note, Rotati actually kind of popped into the lore channel of the Dust Veteran Discord and said, basically, our backstory is written. Um, we're not going to just hand it to you. And he actually references his, his favorite RPG being Dark Souls, which is a game where you're never given anything directly. Like in Dark Souls, you can play through the entire game, get to the end and go, why is my character on fire? And then you get the title, you get the, the ending screen. Like if you just blitz through it, you're going to miss the whole story or at least most of the story. A lot of the details regarding what happened, why things are the way they are, you know, what is purpose and motivation of what you're doing, that's often explained through, you know, item descriptions or random NPCs you have to find. They're just 
shown to you. You have to find them. And I, if he's referencing that, the, the vibe I get is that what he's really going for is you have to kind of figure this out on your own. Like they're going to give you all the breadcrumbs, but you actually have to follow them to the answers so, you're looking for. So it's going to be like the meaning of 514. <laughs> uh, hopefully uh, there's actually like real evidence and not just a bullshit number that means nothing. You think it means nothing. <laughs> those, those crumbs are in the dead space. The, the abyssal dead space. The abyssal dead space. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, in, in I, like I said before, I, I found that a lot of stuff they showed was very information dense in terms of there's a lot of stuff going on in these pictures that if you make some of the connections between what's going on, you could probably piece together a lot of what they're trying to let you figure out, but they don't want to tell you directly. And they kind of want us to figure it out on our own. So like they said for the uh, newsletter sign up, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, there's three symbols on the newsletter. And, and I kind of checked while we were talking here, Bay, and it looks like from what I can tell, you're, you're, you're pretty spot on that those are what those three, those three symbols are, the, the Concord, the Sancha, and the Archambine, um, which is kind of interesting. So for people who aren't well versed in the lore behind those three, do you want to briefly explain what each of those are and kind of what they do? Yeah, so uh, we'll start with the easiest one to kind of wrap your brain around. Concord is um, is, is the police of, of New Evil. So if you go anywhere, uh, let's say let's say you go to High Sec, right? Uh, so high sec being the, the quote unquote safest place, uh, in the game, uh, you can't, um, you, you can still be attacked, but somebody who attacks you is going to get like immediately blown up, uh, by the space police. So, uh, that, that, that's really what Concord is. Um, they're just there to, to protect you kind of like the cops do for the most part. Uh, so that's that. Sancha is a pirate faction. And as best I can tell, and I really am not, like, well-versed in some of this lore, but as best I can tell, uh, it's a guy who makes space zombies. Um, so, yeah, space zombies confirmed for Noah. Um, and then Arcumbine is, is just this group of, uh, of uh, war clones that are, uh, they, they've been uh, forsaken by the empires that they once served. And they kind of banded together and made this little commune. So that's that's that. Oh, sorry. Uh, I was pushing the wrong button. Um, sorry, I was talking to Livy off, off uh, mic here. Um, so you, you covered Concord. Did you talk about Sancho? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I talked about this, the uh, space zombies. Space zombies. Yeah, that, that one's kind of interesting because in another image they showed, oh, yeah. there is um, what appears to be a map, like an infantry map on the exterior of a spaceship. And then there's a... Is it a phantasm? Dude, yeah, it's you a said phantasm. it's like the greatest ship in all of you. Yeah, so there's this Sancha phantasm that's just oh looming over the horizon so of this good. ship. When this came on screen, like the crowd went crazy. Like it looks, it looks badass great. and terrifying. Like yeah, so I mean, it's it's the, the it's all foggy and creepy, and there's just this big spiked you know Sancha ship just looming yeah. over the battlefield. And I'm like, okay, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> like, is it is it just there for? Um, to look cool, or does it actually have a deeper meaning? And I think the fact that the Sancha symbol shows up on that um, newsletter screen, mm-hmm. I, I want to say that it has to have more significance than it's just there yeah, to look no, cool. Sure. You know, um, you know, in, in the same the, the background of that image to kind of reinforce this this whole Sancha thing. We got a couple of um, uh, Sancha battleships in there, and uh, I think that's a uh, and on the little Sancha free uh, succubus. I think it is. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, uh, that's right. And then, you know, there's a couple of Mimitar battleships. Uh, Maelstrom's, I think, is what we decided. Uh, um, I mean, no, Sanchez, this is just totally intentional. That that big old phantasm in the um, in the background wasn't uh, just, oh, we need a, we need an edgy-looking Eve ship, so here's a thing. Did you guys come up with any theories on what you think that might mean for the game, or just that there is, obviously, a significant I think it's some it. kind of PvE, if I had to guess. I, yeah, oh, really? if I had to really? guess, I think that's what it is. Um, and if I had, if, and so if you want to look at, you know, what kind of PvE is, is it Horde mode? Is it some kind of battle royale or is it whatever? I think it's going to run similar, um, to incursions to how incursions run in, uh, right now. I think it would be a really good tie in. Um, so you get, you get a squad together, let's say, um, which you could equate to Eve being, okay, I'm going to get my fleet together. We're going to roll into this, this, this PvE zone. Uh, and we're gonna, we're gonna kill all the rats, if you will, or kill all the um, kill all the zombies. Um, and then and then you know we're gonna if they give us an ad- an additional objective like download some data or um, retrieve a uh, like a hostage or something, you know we do that and get out. Um, so I think that's how it's gonna run. I could be wrong, obviously. I don't know anything. Um, so we'll see. It's interesting you bring up incursions because I mean that the. Sancha are kind of considered like mm. the high end, and, high second uh, PvE yeah, experience. When, when I say incursions, I don't mean that it's going to that. I don't. I don't think that it will be high end. Um, certainly, there might be some high end missions with this potential PVE that we're getting. Um, but I don't think it'll be such. It, it'll be the Isk Sink or the Isk Faucet like it is uh, currently. Because I mean, Eve. You roll in with an incursion group, and I think you're making upwards of a couple bill an hour, uh, which is, yeah, no, it, yeah, it's, it's absolutely crazy. insane. Um, I, I don't think it'll be to that degree. I would hope not, um, but but that remains. And it is interesting to note that, um, I don't know if you saw this in the in the channel, Pokey, but uh, Denny was saying that um, that this was, it was something that they had seen before, just not with a phantasm uh, in the background. Um, or no, was it? No, it was a different map. It was oh, a really? Different map. I'm Interesting. Sorry. And I think what he might be on about. Remember when he was talking about that they were that they had seen some stuff about um uh uh what was it the the hell uh being on the exterior of the hell. I think that's what he might have been referencing. So this is definitely the exterior uh, of either a ship station, and my mind is limited. So there's that. Yeah, I, I mean, Rattati has said openly in Discord that you know Project Nova is mm-hmm. a game that yep. takes place on ships, Eve ships. So I, I, I can only imagine that this is a ship. I think it looks like there's an artillery mm-hmm. cannon in the back, so my guess is it's probably a Minmatar ship, which would explain the Minmatar yep. fleet around the ship. So it, it's almost like the, the Sancha and the Minmatar mm-hmm. are having a, a fight here at some point. Um, and so the, the fact that they're showing this for Nova, you know, I, I think you could be right that there's some kind of engagement against the Sancha. Um, is that PvP or PvE? I'm I'm not sure, but kind of knowing what we know about the the background of how Sancha work and they turn them into basically zombies, like you said, they they kind of enhance them. It it, it does make sense that it could yeah. be a PvE. And thing. zombies is if you're still having a hard time trying to wrap your mind around the who's that look like the the little uh, things from Dead Space. Uh, one of the Dead Space games, I think, are uh, are pretty similar. No. <laughs> yeah. The uh, necromorphs thing they call. Them. I had so many nightmares after that. <laughs> Because they basically just like take parts of the person and just kind of 
put machines into it or something. Yeah, I, I'm it, not even sure how it works. As best but I can tell, it's, yeah, it's um, Hilmar kind of threw up this this other image of this this guy, uh, kind of kind of slouched over. Um, and as soon as it went up, people were like, "Oh, this looks kind of like the uh, uh, there's an Eve event in I think 2013 that that had a uh, a similar looking uh guy." Um, who looked uh, damaged, if you will. So, like, part of his face was missing, and he had like, uh, like uh, wounds all over. Him. Uh, and it, this guy uh, that Hilmar showed at, at FanFest uh, recently has that same. It, it almost looks like the same exact person, except with um, what are these like cybernetics? I guess uh, in yeah. place of. Yeah, he had kind of like a half, a half, mm-hmm. uh, I want to say cyborgish kind of yeah. look to half of his his body. So maybe it's yeah. the same person. Yeah, and to me that that doesn't imply clone soldier. That implies mm-hmm. something that's been mechanically enhanced, like what Asanja would do. So I, I think that could also be kind of tied to what they're trying to get at. Let me see what else is there because there's, just, there's exactly. so much information that's kind of packed in here. If you really dig I'm, for it, there, there was only like five wow. images, I think, total. I'm getting. I'm looking at four. Let me see here. Yeah. Uh, I think, oh, well, the yeah. fifth being the yeah, newsletter image, that I think. News um, image real quick. That just hit me, if I can, uh, so, for just a second. Uh, another speculation that we had is that upon character creation, we would get to pick those for our, um, uh, not not race, that's a that's not the right word, um, although I can't really think of another word. So like in Dust, you know, when like you made effect. your, yeah, like a faction almost. Like um, a faction you know, you almost. Your, uh, you booted up into the thing, you made a new character, and you picked from the four empires. Um, I had a couple of people who were like, well, maybe that's what this will be. And I, I don't think so, but I mean, maybe. Yeah, I mean, that's unclear, but it, it seems that obviously those three factions are um, important if mm-hmm. they're putting them kind of front and center like that on, on the newsletter. Um, yeah, so for, for those of you who aren't, aren't tracking with them talking about the newsletter so if you go to and we'll have this in the description of the video um or of the, the podcast if you go to www.ccpgames.com slash project nova you can sign up to start receiving information um regarding the project moving forward so they're they're at a point where they want to start showing off stuff whatever that may be um but it should be it should be good to start seeing that come out so absolutely go and do that hilmar said please do that. We want to gauge the level of interest so we can kind of tailor how we roll things out and how we're going to, you know, present it to you guys. So if you are interested, go to that link and make sure you sign up. It's just, I think you sign up, you get an email confirmation, you just click on the link on there and then it's okay. You're, you're good. Um, so make sure you are do that. I think when I got my link, it went into my promotions tab of my Gmail so if it doesn't show up in your normal inbox, just kind of take a look around. It's, it's probably buried in there somewhere. And and if you've changed email addresses, remember that it you might get emails and like old right. email addresses from stuff. So well, I, you you enter your email on this one, so I'm guessing it's going to go to that one specifically. But check everything, you know, um, especially if they start doing more polls and that sort of thing. Yeah, I was thinking my my old survey email I got was was uh, off in an old account. That was fun. Yeah, this one like purposely wants your. I'm assuming they're to get your current one, but it's almost one of those. Don't be alarmed. You're only going to get one email that asks you to confirm it. It takes you to the site and says you've you've confirmed it. You don't get any further confirmation to your email, so you can't go back to your email and search like confirmed. It just kind of leaves you there. But as long as you saw that screen, you should be good, and they've received your email. So hopefully, it's not too much of a fiasco. But 
No, I mean that's that's good to know. It's it's like I said, it's something you should absolutely go do if you're at all interested in in Project Nova. Um, you know, I, I think our first episode of this podcast was almost exactly four years ago, uh, give or take a week, um, and that was at, like right after the announcement of Legion, and we know the whole storyline. So it was kind of cool to four years later we're we're here actually getting a newsletter to kind of push forward with more information. So I'm I'm yeah for another game to replace the game that we all started on. <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah yes, sure. <laughs> we've been at this for too long um but yeah so going back to a couple of these images here Is so the last one so this okay yeah. uh, i think so yeah the, yeah the one with like the battle with all the guys running around okay. yeah because i mean it was on the youtube feed so that's that's probably pulled the image for the the blog post so um you actually see in there it's all very like concept arts it's very sketchy and you know you can't really make out a lot of details but you see two sides fighting um, on this battlefield, but you actually see um, a maelstrom, an inventory maelstrom off in the distance, um, kind of in the back corner there. So again, this is probably taking place on top of a ship in space because there's another ship flying by. It doesn't look um, like a it's, a, it's in my mind is, that, that's totally on. Nastero, the Sisters of Eve explosion. That's totally what that. I dude, I fly that ship every fucking day. I'm like ninety. Top left, on, yeah, dude. On, I on the, the top, every the top day. left, I'm there. Pretty sure I could be wrong. Okay, okay, okay. I I, I don't play Eve, so I'll I'll I'll, I'll default yeah, to you. No, but sure. it it is a a ship, clearly. Um. So so you know, again, kind of reinforcing the fact that hey, this is a game that takes place on Eve spaceships at the mm-hmm. very least on the uh, very least on the exterior of the ship. I I can't imagine that you'll never go on the interior of a ship at some point. Um. You know, obviously the tech demo they had, which doesn't mean anything, but it was an interior space. So my guess is you'll probably have a bit of both. But we don't have confirmation on that. We only know that for sure, at the very least, you're going on the exterior oh, yeah. of a ship, which is which is badass. I mean, when you think of Eve, you think of giant space battles. So when you've got a shooter in the Eve universe, I want to see yeah. giant space battles, even if I'm on the ground, you know. And we never got that with with dust. It was just, you know, it, it, the most you'd get like tags in the sky for people in orbit. Yay. Um, but with this, I mean, like some of the crazy shit they put in trailers, like having that in the skybox would be absolutely awesome. Like, I don't know why anyone wanted a planet over the opportunity that they would have. With doing space have it's basically cotton space, pokey. <laughs> yeah. If, it, if it's not on a planet, like every single other freaking shooter out there, you know. It's a, it's it's not well, dust anymore. You don't have to be on a dust ball. Mm-hmm. Be up in space. It's okay. It's okay. Let it happen. No, I'm 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 really stoked for the idea and some of the stuff they can do. And I mean, you know, he's pretty explicitly said it's on ships, but I think the move to things like structures and stations and citadels is probably a natural progression of how things will go over time. You're not going to see it right away, but I mean, come on. Citadels are a deal. It's a big mechanic in EVE right now. Um, and how cool would it be to have, you know, multiple different battles happening inside of Keepstar at one point? Like, it would be yep, awesome. Sure. I'd love to see that. And, and I do like what Hilmar was saying during the presentation. He said that space will be your domain. The majestic spaceships of EVE Online, your playground. And then he goes on to ask, you know, have you ever wondered what it's like to run around on the surface of a battleship and to hear its guns? Like, dude, yes. Yes. Yeah, I mean, like, 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 what are they, like, 800 millimeter yeah. um, artillery mm. cannons? Like, I want to hear yep. that shit go off, like, next to my head, and have no, like, you know, you're you're not in. gonna you're not gonna hear it. You're gonna feel that. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, 
and that's the thing that people never realize that they see Eve and they're like, yeah, it's just spreadsheets in space. And it's true that most of high end gameplay mm-hmm. is spent zoomed way the hell out. You you don't see anything. But like if you actually look at like the models of the ships and like the guns and look at how how big they are, like so you know, I, I'm not oh. sure if we're going on top of Titans, but like you know the Leviathan Titan or the Dreadnought, they launch Citadel cruise missiles. Those fuckers are 55 meters long. Like, can you imagine that thing going off next to the map and see this 55 long, 55 meter long missile going off? Like, that would be fucking badass. Like, that'd be so cool. And the idea of being able to be around all of these giant things and realize, like, these are freaking spaceships. Like, they're not like little dinky fighters. Like, these are starships and they are huge. They're kilometers long. I mean, you've got all kinds of things you can do with some of the ships out there, different shapes and sizes and scales. Like it's so much more interesting than just, yeah, mountain ranges are cool, but like, come on, like on top of like a, an avatar or like a, a Raven or something like that. Like there's some really cool shit in Eve that you don't see very often. And it'd be really awesome to see it like to scale. And if you were standing on it, like and realize like, Holy shit, this thing is big. No, yeah, like, for sure. I, I can't wait for that. I just want to know, going back to this concept, what these dudes are shooting at. Like, you look at the ship on the left of the screen, and then right in the damn middle is this big, like, black, misty thing. Like, is that the structure we're shooting at, or does this guy off to the left have really bad aim? I can't tell. Because surely his aim's not that bad. <laughs> that, that's a that's a good point, because you, you see mm-hmm. him firing up towards the middle of the picture, and it's it's almost like it's hitting yeah. something like those little bursts of light at the end. So it's like there's something inside that cloud, which is even creepier. Um, and it could have something to do with like the mist you see on like the, the other image with the Sancha ship where it's it's foggy yeah. on top of the ship. And it's like kind of creepy looking like, uh, <laughs> no, but just the, the that kind of like there's just the stuff you don't see, but it's kind of this looming presence like, holy shit. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's, that's, that? that's that watercolor magic right there. Just uh, can you give me an abstract shape of this? They're like, oh, yeah, sure. No problem. Yeah, but he's definitely like playing it back down. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and and I mean we know we're not getting vehicles because you know we're we're not, and that's okay. And people need to get over it. Um, so it's not like it's a dropship or something. Like it's got to be something else. So that's that is. Cur- I didn't even notice that actually. Yeah. It's a good thing you brought that up. I'm like, what is he shooting at? So that's that's pretty cool. <laughs> There's no MCCs. Put my MCC inside the hangar of my Chimera. Oh my gosh! I mean, at one point they were kind of doing that, like uh, in one of the old dust trailers, yep. you had like the staging area, and they had MCCs all lined up inside a ship, and we're like, "Oh, that's so cool! We'll have that within like a year." <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, we had so many dreams, <laughs> so many dreams back for us. Um, so many dreams crushed. I, I, I have to laugh though because you get people in the dust discord, and they're they whine about. Why is it not on planets? I want it to be on planets. It's not cool unless it's on planets. And I remember, like, I, I don't know if it's the same people, but I remember when Dust was still around. They're like, just add a different skybox and pretend it's on a spaceship. I'm like, what do people want? What in space are you want on the freaking dirt ball? Which is it? No, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling really good about the setting of this. And it's kind of cool for them to kind of establish, you know, in, you get it in that, like, Phantasm picture where you're like, that's a big ass ship. Like I am tiny compared to all of yep. this. So the punky, it, we it, do it have looks to, to talk about the biggest thing that happened at FanFest. Let me let me paint you a let me paint you a word picture. Hillmark 
in all his bearded glory, is standing on stage, and he utters five words. Pokies. He's talking about the enemy. He says, it's time to rise again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. Let's be the people who sat next to Pokey, who, so, hear, who, who heard him quietly shudder to himself. <sighs> so, so, yeah, obviously rise again is something that I push very heavily in the whole hashtag port dust 514 campaign to ad nauseum and pretty much harassed Hilmar until into submission by just spamming his Twitter feed with it. Um, so I'm, I'm sitting next to Livy and I think I got Livy on one side and Denny Fleetfoot on the other. And he, he says that I'm kind of like, Holy shit. Like that actually just happened. And Denny looks at me and he goes, I can feel your raging erection through the floor seat next to you. And of course, Hilmar's on the stage like, please stop tweeting me. Oh my God. He's, he does. He always, Hilmar always brings that up. He's like, Yes, there's always a very dedicated group of people on Twitter reminding me that they want this. And I'm like, keep at it! We're harassing him into submission. No, that, 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 was, that was really cool. Um, the whole Rise Again thing was a really big part of kind of that campaign. And I think it was really kind of cool for them to kind of give the nod to everyone who was involved in that. And it was, uh, it was really cool for me. I was, kind of, I was kind of worked up about it. It was pretty badass. But uh, yeah, no, he that was that was part of kind of the the lore tidbit he gave, which was which is pretty cool. And he actually that was at the end of one thing he said. So he actually said, "The age of the warlords and Molten Heath is over, and the survivors are in exile. A few went into hiding. Some have sought refuge in Avalon, but most have been killed. A new threat, an old enemy. It's time to rise again." So, and that kind of plays into I think um, what we were talking about before that something happened, you know, to cause this exile, but there's obviously some threat that's popped up, which could be part of why, you know, we're coming back out of exile to deal with it. So um, I'm, I'm really curious. Like, I'm not as familiar with the Bazina Accords as the lore guys are, obviously, because they, they wrote the damn thing. Um, I, I think you've probably done more research on it than I have, Faith, but I think that that's probably something worth looking into to kind of get your head around where they're probably going with this story, particularly since CCP is kind of adopting at least parts of what they have done as part of the canon lore. So, you know, like I said, there's, there's tons of information that's buried in this whole presentation um, that is worth going over. I'm, I'm looking forward to reading your guys' breakdown, uh, Bait. Um, I'll probably be editing that and, and getting it posted once I get back into the States when I have uh, proper editing equipment. <laughs> but, yeah, no, um, it, it I actually am not well-versed in the uh, Bosena Accord stuff. Uh, so if you want to know more, they actually set up a Discord for it, um, and I think uh, Gom Fi is putting it together an article that kind of um, uh, has everything that's written down, but it will also eventually be adjusted uh, for what CCP decide they're gonna, um, or once we figure out what the rest of the lore is. Uh, Rattati actually popped in there the other day and was like, "Hey, we've written out the story already, um, so they know what they want to do." or they know what they're going to do. We don't. So, um, so that, that lore that those guys put out, um, is very likely going to get, um, modified ever so slightly, I would think. Um, so if you want to know more, um, about the backstory behind the accord, um, pop into the discord and, uh, have fun in lore nerds. <sighs> no, yeah, not like that. <laughs> I, I am not a lore guy. Um, I, I appreciate it. I, I, yeah, I appreciate it. I like knowing it. Like, 
I'll bring up like Dark Souls. Like I, the the guys who do the work to figure out all the Dark Souls mm-hmm. lore and then make the really cool videos, I'll watch the shit out of that. But I'm probably not going to go dig as much as they do for it. Um, so you know, it, it lore is is awesome. It's important. Um, but there are some people that are very very dedicated to it and will get very passionate about what's going on with the lore and that sort of thing. So you know, keep it in mind. People are very passionate. You know how that goes. But um, it is it is good stuff out there. So I think the most important part that probably came out of all of this, it, it, it's not really new news, but it was, again, a kind of a reconfirmation. So, you know, back in E-Vegas last year um, in October, they said we are planning for Project Nova to be playable in 2018. So Hillmark got up on stage in 2018 and at FanFest and said the game will be playable within months, not years. So, you know, it seems that it's not going to be, and, and they aren't saying like, Hey, it's 13 months. That's not in years. No, they're saying it's it's going to be, you know, most likely sometime this year that it will be playable. Not that there's no more news, but it will be playable. Now, whatever form that may take, it might be a pre-alpha, it might be an alpha beta, full launch. Who the hell knows where they're at in terms of development? My guess is if they're not showing off gameplay at all um, or talking mechanics, that sort of thing, it's probably going to be something more like a early testing phase. But the fact of the matter is, is that from what we can tell, you should be able to play Project Nova, even if it's an alpha, sometime this year. So, you know, that's pretty exciting. I kind of talked about in one of my video recaps um, for the week that, you know, hey, E-Vegas is in six months. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, a nice chunk of chunk of time. And it's it's an event that's going to be very important because if you don't follow what's going on with eFanFest next year in 2019, FanFest will not be held in Iceland. They're going to do it again in 2020, but not in 2019. So what they're instead going to be doing is spreading out kind of the events of FanFest in different locations throughout the world. And one of them is eVegas. So eVegas is now an official CCP-run event. Um, you can buy tickets now if you want to go buy tickets now. Livy and I waited like a day longer than when they opened and half of them were sold out already. Like all of the early bird special ones were sold out. So we actually had to pay like $45 more per ticket just because we waited a day. I'm not even sure if there's any left right now as of this recording. I, I had to look. But the fact of the matter is if you want to go to eVegas, um, now is the time to buy the tickets because they are going fast. And if you're interested in Project Nova, I can't guarantee anything is going to be there. Um, there's no indication that that event specifically is going to have information. But judging by what they've said, I mean, October is the third month from the end of the year. If they're going to have something before the end of the year and they don't announce it before eVegas, it's probably going to be at eVegas so they can get the ball rolling after that. So just my suggestion, if you're interested and have the ability to go, um, Livy and I, like I said, we already got tickets We'll be booking a hotel soon to get out there. Um, so we will be there with live coverage of, you know, eVegas to give you information on Project Nova. But, you know, I've been there before, um, actually. It's a lot of fun. Um, there's more free booze than there is in Iceland, like a lot of free booze, which is always a good thing. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it's 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 quite a trip. So if you can go, I do suggest you, you make the trip. So how many events that CCP doesn't announce the release of Project Nova at will you be at? Um, as many as it takes, because yep. I have balance. And, uh, is looking to do an event, uh, on the East Coast of the United States, and depending on where it is, I'm going to try to go. Um, so if, I mean, if it's up North, then who, but if it's in like Atlanta or Orlando, I'll go. And I hate going to Atlanta, but I'll go for her. I'll go for her. Oh yeah. But you know, baby, you can always 
Oh, we got to talk about that quick. <laughs> so apparently they're going to be doing um, a contest, a video contest for people to produce videos with you trying to explain why FanFest should be held at your house. Um, you should. So I, I feel compelled to do this because I live in Phoenix, Arizona. So if FanFest was held at my house, it would be literally E-Phoenix. <laughs> Oh my god. Sickness. Oh this is what god. it sounds like. <laughs> Why am I like this? Um you know, I, I, I'm not sure, you know, if I'll do it or not, but I was just Pokey, thinking about it, I'm like Pokey, that, look that at what we've actually, memed so far in this <laughs> development. We funny. have memed COD in space into like a, a literal I mean, it's, now. It's true. Like nobody says COD in space seriously, like you were telling me, dude. If you keep exactly. Yeah, because if, if you if you'll be instantly jumped on e Phoenix you will be the single greatest I, person in all of Nova history. There's a lot on the line right now, dude. <laughs> no, no, I mean, see, I mean, this, fair, is, this is going to like, look like nothing at, we uh, have at the, uh... Yes, you have to, you have to plus <laughs> so one. So you're saying I have to escalate my game, and, uh, and actually, <laughs> yes. I actually have to win Nova before the game comes out. <laughs> okay. So yeah, there's, there's details um, coming on the video contest, but uh Livy and I will will do our best to try to figure out uh how to properly make the pitch for E Phoenix to be a thing. Um and if if I can just in, in the thing is it'll be successful if I can get Hilmar to watch yep. the video and just roll his eyes and just sigh. Tweet I'll it like, worth every do. penny it took to make this thing. <laughs> just to just to annoy him. Just be like at Hilmar E Phoenix and be like, what? But this should get. Oh Christ! It's the fucking contest. Yeah, like I even made my backyard accommodating for a large group of people. Eh? <laughs> I can fit probably. Well, if you stack them three high, like three hundred people in here, it'll be great. Oh my god. Um. So yeah, that's that's the thing that's going to be happening. So um. Yeah, we'll be we'll be jumping on that. But uh, like I said, Livy and I will be, unless something crazy happens, we will be at Eve Vegas. Um. I will be much more inebriated because alcohol is much cheaper. Iceland is absurdly expensive. Oh like I, I bought like two drinks today. It was like twenty four dollars. It was absurd. Um, yeah. It, well, I, I think everything that's, I mean, stuff has to come over on boats, man. Yeah. There's, there's a, there's a, there's a transit cost to bringing anything to Iceland. Like, well, even like local stuff. Like, if you go out to dinner, a nineteen dollar dinner is like cheap in Iceland. Like everything is absurdly expensive like you can easily drop a hundred bucks for two people um if you go somewhere that's decent so you know we we have like a, a convenience store like two blocks away from us so you know we're like okay we'll eat life for dinner and if we get hungry at night we'll just go get some eight dollar boxes of ramen okay <laughs> everybody i mean i have to say even the uh go-to beer that they uh slammed down pre-game it's terrible. Um, it's pronounced gook, gook, I gook. believe, and it it tastes exactly how it's hard to pronounce. It just whoa, nope. <laughs> it it's basically Icelandic Bud Light, um, <laughs> and I I don't drink Bud Light, so there's that. Um, so when you want like a a good beer, it's gonna be twelve dollars easy. Um, and I don't normally buy beer when I'm out in the states when it's like six dollars because I'm like that's still way too expensive. Um, so. You know, is what it is, but yeah, Iceland is extremely expensive. We we'll we'll talk about that in a later episode about how 
how expensive Iceland actually is, but um, it was fun. You know, it was fun. Um, what else? No, Anything else on no, Nova? I mean, There's uh, one thing I wanted to cover. But the pictures that came out from from Fantasy in general, I I had a blast with. They were fun. So thank you all for that. Yeah, no, we we took. I, I was in the second row of the auditorium for most of the major presentations. So I got some pretty good pictures. Libby got even better ones because her camera is much better than mine. Um, so we'll, we'll have kind of a, a fan fest oh gallery once we sort through all like 700 pictures we took and kind of get the best ones. Yeah, no, she, Libby does, um, she'll, she'll play it down, but she does like professional photography on the side. And it's not just like someone with an expensive camera, like her shit's really good. So you'll, you'll be seeing those, you know, when we get back mm, and sure. we have a chance to touch them up. It's a little hard to do when you're on a tablet, but we've got a, a lot of good material coming out of all parts of the event. So it'll be good. Um, one thing I did want to mention, and this is kind of for the lore people or people just interested in Eve in general. So they had a presenter um, who Andrew wrote Carlin. a book called The Empires of Eve. And I forget his name. Um, yes. So Andrew Groen. Yes. Um, and so he wrote this book called The Empires of Eve. And it was basically the history of Eve up until a certain point. And he talked to players and basically chronicled a lot of different major stories and all the major events that happened throughout the wars of Eve and how everything moved and changed and that sort of thing. Um, I have never read it before, but we're listening to it. I'm like, wow, this sounds really interesting as hell. Um, so I actually ordered the first book from my seat in the auditorium. And what he was ultimately pitching for was I'm working on volume two of the series, basically from the point where volume one left off up until present day. Um, and he started, he said, so yeah, the Kickstarter is live um, as of the beginning of this presentation. And someone from the what? audience shouts, it's already been funded completely and sure enough the kickstarter had already been completely funded in like a half an hour just from like people sitting in the presentation and watching so times three like it oh was that's right funded times like multiple everything yeah so it, it hit like way past its its needed amount to, to fund the, the project so oh my god um I'll probably, you know, jump on that one as well because it'll probably be cheaper than market release. But yeah, so if you're at all interested in it's, you know, honestly, it's a very fascinating history and, and you know, just kind of the excerpts I was reading, it, it's very well written. If you're ever interested in the histories of what happens in Eve and the kinds of stories that are told and the kinds of people that exist, even if you don't play Eve, it's actually quite interesting and it's actually really approachable for people who don't play Eve because the author doesn't play Eve. So he kind of had to write it in a way that makes sense for people who are not necessarily familiar with every little detail. So don't be afraid of that if you're like a dust only player. This is cool stuff. And this kind of gives you an insight into the, the other half of the universe that we're we're all, you know, a part of. And it's, it's worth your time. So I just kind of want to throw that out there that it's it's really good stuff. I did actually also, uh, I, I backed it. Um, I, I never got around to buying the first one. It was on my to-do list. Um, and uh, what really sold it for me is there is a tier on the backing for this one that gets you uh, both hardcovers of Volume 1 and Volume 2 and the uh, ebooks for each book as well. So there, uh, it's a nice setup. It's, you know, uh, it's 80 bucks, which is the price of the two books together. And you get both books and both sets of ebooks. Um, so I went in on that. Nice. Yeah, and it was in... I didn't... I have been listening to the ebook because I'm an Audible subscriber. So if you have Audible and you have a credit, um, you can use it. Uh, otherwise, I think it's nine dollars. Um, so I've been listening to it, and I mean, just he narrates it himself, and it's fantastic. Even listening to it, 
Um, he does a good job at not just talking about what happens in Eve, but also tying um, the character, the people's lives along with their characters. So what's kind of happening to them in real life and how that's reflecting on, you know, how they're behaving in the Eve game as well. Because, you know, a lot of people think it's just a game but for some people that that is their life. That's, that's something they do on the side just as much as they go to work or, you know, other things. So I think he did a really good job in opening um I mean, opening his eyes into the duality of this game and uh, everyday life for some people. Yeah, so I mean, that's 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 really cool. Um, I didn't realize when I ordered the first book that you can get the the second book as a package if you uh, do the, the the higher tier. But it sounds like the price would have been the same either way. Um, so oh well. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's a it's a really cool book. Like Livy said, it's it's really cool to get the background of all the stuff, and it is kind of a I wanted to make that pitch for people because it's something that I'm probably never going to play Eve in an extremely serious sense. Um, I, that kind of I did my bit, and I'm kind of past that now. But the stuff, the people behind it are very interesting. So I think that's that's definitely worth looking into, regardless of where you stand on the game itself. So kind of want to throw that out there. All right, guys, I think we're looking pretty good on time here. Is there anything you wanted to cover before we wrap this one up with shout outs? Take that as a no. All right. So uh, my shout out is going to be CCP Hilmar and CCP Rattati. Um, I I really can't walk away from this episode without saying, you know, shout out and thanks for the whole Rise Again thing. Um, you know, we joke about it and, you know, we it, it's almost a meme, meme in of itself, but Honestly, like I put a lot of time and effort into the whole Phoenix mantra rise again campaign and people really took to it. And so that was that was a big deal for me. So to hear that as part of like the official lore or not not the lore, but the part of the official presentation um, was just really touching and really cool. So, you know, thank you for that. It means a lot to me and I'm sure it means a lot to everyone who was involved with all of that as well. So thank you. Um, Zell, you're up, man. I am uh, going to give a, a shout out to my friends Paul and Faith who got married this weekend, and um, to uh, the awesome storm that uh, made it amazingly cold in Tampa, Florida, and oh absolutely impossible to have Dude, a wedding on the beach. So there was not one. <laughs> uh, did it rain? It it was like monsoon grade rain, like torrential. It, it was amazing. It went from 91 day to like, there was tornado warnings in Tampa this weekend. So they were like, uh, we told the wedding photographer, I'm like, if if, if a, a water spout forms that, outside that, that window before you run for cover, on? you have to get that shot. Yeah, we had that up in, uh, up in Jacksonville too. Uh, yeah, uh, that was hours. all yesterday. Oh no, this, this storm went, like you could yeah. see this storm front was the entire continental United States. It was, um... Uh, we had friends from Wisconsin who were who uh, were showing pictures from back home mm-hmm. of like thirty inches of snow up there. Um, uh, it snowed a bit here in in, in the Chicago area. Um, it, it it was all one giant like country sized storm. Yeah, I mean, if you're yep. having a wedding in Florida, you're asking for rain. Like, hey. I I was born in Florida. I am technically a Florida man. I escaped. Um, but I've been there and I know the weather that it's going to rain. Like it's going to rain. Oh my God. Hookie, do you have Florida man tendencies? Yeah. Like my, he has Florida man tendencies. Sometimes I just do things and I look back and I'm like, why? Why am I like this? Um, no, it's, Um, (laughs) I don't have an affinity for bath salts though. So I haven't gone like full Florida man. 
Um, I, I moved out of there when I was two, uh, so I kind of got out in time. Um, however, I lived in Minnesota for quite a long time, so I definitely have like Minnesotan tendencies. And then I moved to Arizona, and luckily I haven't turned completely crazy, so I, I'm hanging oh on to my sanity. <laughs> so you're um, like pretty a sleeper, well. sleeper for you. Oh god! In thirty go. years, folks are gonna like activate. <laughs> I haven't been activated Throw a yet. fucking crocodile through the drive-through <laughs> of a Wendy's. Yes. Right. He's gonna have like gonna smell bad some... salt and go crazy. He's like, yes. eat some Tear face off of my shirt and dive into the swamp. Oh, oh shit. shit! My shadow. What is my shadow? My okay, uh, my, my shadow is just been everybody uh, who 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 went to fan fest uh, for for you know either for Nova or for uh, for Eve. And, you know, managed to have a good time. Um, and then uh, of course, shout out to to the guys back here in uh, back here at home, if you will, in the Discord who were. Uh, who, who were having a good time with it despite not hearing much about it. Um, I think we spawned some new memes, and uh, as long as we spawn new memes, um, then, then that really is... Uh, that's good, in my opinion. Uh, it's good to have something um, to, to boost uh, morale for the, for the devs, um, which it sounded like we did. So shout to, shout to Not Kevin. Yes. Not Kevin. Who doesn't have a CCP, CCP wingman. And then Kevin, who doesn't have a CCP name. He's he's recently um, recently hired. He we, we talked to him a lot in the pub crawl, and he, he came over from from uh, the UK. And uh, he's like, "Yeah, I love it here." He goes, "It's great." And all the Iceland guys are like, "Are you serious? It sucks here." <laughs> no, Ke- Kevin's Kevin's awesome. All all of the devs are awesome. Um, it was good to see Ritati and all of them just really kind of finally relax for once and just have a bunch of beers and just chill and then scream a lot so you can pre-game the shots of vodka and he came down loose oh they're My yeah we, we're like just handing big yeah. pictures like just mean this just <laughs> coming down the stairs this with a bottle favorite. of vodka just like i'm gonna fuck some shit up <laughs> no it was it was good and, and, and you know honestly yeah, like like no, said, he hilmar didn't say a lot directly but there's so much buried in it just kind of what we discussed here um mm-hmm. hopefully we can get like your guys's um video or audio out there and try to spawn some more discussion because i think there's a lot to talk about not as much as people would like but there's more than what they're probably assuming because they just shut their brains off and just said when's the release date um so hopefully we can kind of get the theory crafting going i think that's what ccp is looking for um so i appreciate you kind of grabbing those guys and and doing the recording and i'm I'm looking forward to hearing what you guys came up with i'll let you know when i get back in the states and we'll, we'll edit it up all right livy shout out for you uh yeah, yeah. My shout out actually goes to um I, I do want to give it to Ritati, but then I you know, I don't have the specific name of the other devs that gave us a small tour of the area. Um it was really nice. It was really cool to see the inside of their uh, coming from the dev world myself. Um I exist in almost the same workspace, you know, the glass walls, the whiteboards and all that kind of stuff. So seeing that was um for me kind of like, oh this is so nice, I want this. Um, but it, it was really nice of them to also put up with uh, my humor. You know, I don't know anything about what they're doing. So, you know, exploring things like the bathrooms and annoying the people in the Discord with gifts of fat weeks. I know Ripley was like doing the Iron Man eye roll, like, get her out. <laughs> but no, seriously, it was, it was a good time. So I do thank them for their hospitality and being so gracious just to take time out to give us that, that tour. 
yeah, the uh, the CCP Studios was is really cool. Most of the devs were gone um, over at FanFest, but Ritati and a couple others of, on the Nova team showed us around, and um, we actually got to see the uh, infamous uh, 3D printed um, Kaldari helmet that they used for promotional materials that had um, early in dust, as well as like the first generation of Galente assault rifle, like before the redesign that actually made it into dust. Um, it took every ounce of willpower I had not to just steal it and run out the door. Um, but you know, I figured that might kind of ruin a good relationship. So, um, that was cool, but yeah, I'll amend my shout out and kind of go along with Livy and say, you know, shout out to the guys that, that showed us around the studio. That was really cool to kind of see where the magic happens, you know? So that was really badass and much appreciated. And then she's also been forever banned from CCP bathrooms. I know. Um, They're like, don't let her pee. Don't, don't. She'll get the leaks. Um, okay, so it's funny because we're, we're we're kind of looking around and she like just disappeared and I didn't really notice. And she comes back, she's like, "I got the leaks." I'm like, "What?" And she shows me on her phone. She's like, "I got the leaks." I'm like, "Are you serious?" I legitimately had to go, and then I was like, "Okay, I remember someone saying get get a picture get of the, the damn sink." I was like, "If I have one job, that I can do." She just ninjas out of there and just like comes back with pictures she found somewhere in the building. I'm not even sure where the bathrooms were. <laughs> Um, so that was, it was pretty funny. Um, all right, guys. Well, I think we're, except we're good on time here. Uh, so, you know, thank you for tuning in. Um, if you haven't been tracking kind of our coverage of FanFest, I was going crazy on my phone the whole time, taking pictures from the second row seat. So you got some really good close-up photos, um, at Pokey Draven. Also, Livy was taking better photos from the second row seat next to me. Um, Livy, what's your, your Twitter handle? handle? Um, it's at Livy Chan, so L-I-V-V-Y-C-H-A-N. Okay. Um, also, we did kind of some daily recap videos just talking about some of the stuff um, right after it happened. So if you go to uh, youtube.com slash biomass podcast, you can actually see um, those videos. And we'll probably have some recap stuff um, once we get back and have some time to properly edit and that sort of thing. So... Um, expect that coming imminently, but if you want to kind of follow us there, we are going to start doing more, you know, videos or at least audio of stuff on YouTube as well and not just on the website. So stay tuned for that. That being said, though, I think I'm going to wrap this one up, guys. So I want to thank you all for joining us. Um, it's very late here in Iceland, so we're probably going to go to bed pretty soon here. But uh, it was great to join you. Good to talk about all this stuff again. So, again, if you want to be on the show, particularly after, you know, some of this new information on Project Nova, we'd love to have you. You want to come in theory craft, give your thoughts, that sort of thing. Do let us know. Go on the website, biomass.net or biomass.com. Either one works and let us know. You know, we will be more than happy to have you on here and, uh, and have a good discussion. So let us know. But if not, thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next week. Thank you.